0: Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive or if you think like one and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Medcalf, founder of x Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve even more extraordinary results. Because no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an impact multiplier CEO. Nigel Verdon is the chief executive of Rails Bank, a leading embedded finance experience platform. Now he's a finance guy on a mission. He's been a successful fintech entrepreneur and in Rails Bank, he is, he's spotted a transition to move from old finance to new finance, to really streamline, remove friction and create a democratised process to access to finance. This is why it's more than just a business for him. I think it's a bit of a mission. And in our conversation today, we look at how he leads during uncertainty and volatility, how he mobilizes his team to deliver on the mission, and how he even spotted that real market need in the first place. Nigel is a very seasoned and accomplished executive. And he's up to really interesting things with Rails Bank. So strap back, uh, strap yourself in, sit back. And enjoy this conversation with Nigel Verdon. So, today on the show, I'm really pleased to be joined by Nigel Verdon, who is the CEO and co founder of RailsBank, an embedded finance experience platform. Uh, Nigel's got a really interesting background. He's founded three fintech companies and uh, been um, successful with those in different ways. And uh, he's also according to his LinkedIn profile, a finance for good evangelist. So I think we can have a great conversation with Nigel on what it means to be a mission-driven CEO. So, Nigel, welcome and thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for the invitation.
0: So I've just given my interpretation of your bio, but why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, in just a few words, what's your journey been um, to you know up to to Rails Bank and what is this what does it mean to be an embedded finance experience platform perhaps we should start there what's Rails Bank and then we can perhaps go back into the past and see how you got there
1: sure Uh, embedded Rails Bank is the the, world's leading global embedded finance experience platform which uh, as we provide uh, the technology the tools the APIs and everything that a company needs to put a financial product in their existing customer experience. When you look at that as, as a fintech customer, you'd be putting wallets uh, or you'd be putting lending into it, for example, wage advancing as an, as an experience. And if you're a football club, you may use Embedded Finance as a fan engagement uh, capability to give them a, an arsenal uh, credit card or debit card that gives them rewards that uh, and offers from the sponsors, so you can create a sort of economic flywheel on that. We, we're we very much like AWS, Amazon Web Services, where Amazon totally got rid of the machine run and put it in the cloud, and so you can go live in literally 20 seconds, or 20 minutes, sorry, and, right. uh, and a debit card and for a few thousand bucks. Uh, we do the same thing with the financial services industry.
0: Got it. So yeah, so you're really making it a, a platform to make all these options available to companies who don't want to build all that out themselves and go through the hoops regulatory possibly or... or a legitimate... Absolutely that. Absolutely that. Yeah, oh, perfect. And so so what made you start this business? I know that you founded a business about six years ago and you've seen great growth since then. I know you've got hundreds of employees and customers, for, I think, for the last four years. So, um, But take us back to the start. What What made you decide to go on... I guess your third or your fourth business, and uh, and go on the journey. Sure. This one, uh, there's an observation
1: when uh, when we had clients at Currency Cloud and a lot of the first wave of uh, the fintech when they got called fintech in Q1 2012. So people at Monzo, Revolut, uh, ourselves, Currency Cloud, TransferWise, Cedars, all that type of genre. Everybody was building the same core infrastructure, like we all used to have to build our own machine rooms and go and, uh, and data centers and all that type of thing. Uh, with AWS, you don't need to do that anymore. And that was our goal to, to allow people to accelerate their product idea by us taking away all the overhead of building out uh, the financial infrastructure you need to operate uh, your business because. Having a bank account is not differentiation for you, your customer experience and your value prop is. And that's important being we allow our customers to focus on what's important to their consumers. Uh, we do all the, the heavy work in the background and the stuff which is not hugely interesting to them, but they used to have to do that and now they don't.
0: Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I know Jeff Bezos has this distinction between missionaries and mercenaries, right? Which is a little bit harsh terminology, but at least it kind of begins with an M. Uh, and yeah, his point is that, you know, that some people begin the business primarily with the financial perspective, like they see an opportunity you know, and they're like, let's do this and maximize, you know, flip my stock, as he says, you know, and, and leave. And then he says that the missionaries go because there's a, there's a sense of a real customer Service or customer experience that they can provide. You know, Amazon with its kind of focus on customer experience, obviously they, they, they see themselves very much in that camp of, you know, we, we, we know what we want to provide our customers and that's where we're orientating. I'm just wondering where you sit on that scale, you know, whether you came at this from the point of view of, you know what, there's a lot of money to be made here, or whether you came and said, like, there's a, you know, there's, we can really see how we can simplify make people's lives better or the rest of it through these services clearly there's going to be both right but i'm just wondering how you kind of balance those in your mind or you know how you see those looking sure. uh, we, we really we always come
1: from uh the per- perspective of a customer or problem to solve and we saw there's a, a major uh, issue with the cost and pace to market and then the ongoing operating costs so we thought that is something we can solve out of it and uh, other philosophy behind if you build a great thing that people buy because you solve a real world problem and and, uh people need that uh you'll build you'll make money it's a simple it's a consequence of building something good that people want to buy uh rather than they accept thinking how do i make money and then go and build it and philosophically uh if you see people one of the things when looking at a ton of uh, startups I used to be on the investment committee of Textiles where Textiles Barclays where there'd be 900 applicants which would be weeded down to 80 hopefuls down to 10 people that were accepted into Accelerator and invested in and there's a massive correlation between success uh, of the, the startup where the founder has really zoned in on something people want to buy and it's something that is a real pain to people and everything. And the ones which just talk about their features, all these amazing features they have, and they're looking for a problem. Uh, I'd say some of the, uh, some of the quite well-known comes in our space, I think, have fallen into that. So that it's, uh, you're thinking, well, who cares about features? Do you actually solve something for somebody and generally, if you solve something they 're happy to pay for it because there's a value exchange between two people of i 've yeah. got money i 've got a pain point i 'm happy to pay for you to take it away uh, type yes. of
0: thing. yeah, it's fascinating yeah, because these problem led versus feature led businesses yeah. and i've seen that on the on the close up really when I was at Cisco, you know a massive company, but sometimes the engineers would get out of control um, and They'd even come to us with like, you know, they've released a product with a massive launch. And then I'd be going into the executive level, into customers potentially trying to explain the, the business relevance and the business value. And sometimes, you know, we'd be doing our work beforehand going like, what is the point of this guy? And they, they, they yes. were only able to talk in features. It might take us weeks to actually finally extract from them.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so this means that this, and this means that this, but it was very much feature led, yeah, and it does create issues because then you can miss, I so say slightly, but just enough what customers really need. And so I think it's a, it's it's a great point.
1: Oh, very much so. And the the, the sort of correlation of value as well. If you look at uh, Twilio, which is like a parallel business to us in the telco world, yeah, uh, they they totally changed their marketing. A lady called Sarah Varney uh, took over to, to and they started marketing on these are amazing moments for your consumer. They just happen to be delivered by SMS and, and telco stuff. Uh, so it's, uh, you've taken away the, the whole uh, transactional issues with the telephone where you have to go find a bit of Baker light, turn the wheel and there's a real transactional experience. And so now you just pick this up and uh, you happen to be in WhatsApp or something else, you hit the call button and you've called somebody. It's not transactional; it's embedded. So it's uh, that sort of uh, companies have done that, like Twilio, like ourselves, and and and, and a ton of other other markets too. It really does transform uh, a world away from uh, having to go to the device or go to the bank uh, into a world where it just happens uh, in front of you. Uber is a, a classic example of it. If uh, uh, Uber, you get out the cab and you just go. It's paid for in the background. Uh, beforehand, you stressed about: Does I have? Do you have cash? Do I have change? Do I take cards? No. Yeah. All of that. So yeah, Uber totally made a, a frictionless experience and made it into value prop uh, as opposed to "Here's my future of cab driving" or that type of thing. And that that approach is uh, it really that uh, people buy into it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Simplicity, you know, is there's such a value on simplicity, right, when you can can streamline things. I have a question for you which is you've been doing this, you know, in multiple businesses and this current business you've been doing for I guess 6 years or so. At this point in your leadership and in where you are, what's the personal mission that you're on? Like at this point what's the legacy that you're trying to create? You know, where's your Where's your kind of focus at this point? You know, obviously you've you've got the thing going, you've built the product, you it's you know it's happening, right? It's a thing. So what's what's the mission that drives you now at this point in, in, in your success?
1: Sure, we, we have a view that uh, uh, finance should be an amazing experience anyway, and you shouldn't be dictated in what you do by finance. So you can almost say democratizing access, but what does that actually mean? It, it means that beforehand, uh, the bank told you what to do, uh, what we call old finance. This is what you do because we do it. Uh, and it's all wrapped around themselves and not around a consumer. I think by, by taking finance uh, to, uh, to where it's relevant, at the person's life or the customer journey they happen to be in, like the Uber example I used. You then take the finance and wrapped it around the consumer and you made the consumer at the centre of everything rather than the bank being the centre of everything. And it's, again, that mission out there, then you democratise access to it. It's relevant when you actually need it. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of frictionless. And a, a classic example, we a friend of mine, Michael Jackson and I were going to Marbella uh, to at a conference we were talking two weeks ago. And, uh, Michael uh, and I were talking about embedded finance and, and, and how finance can disappear. And we drove to the airport in his uh, subscription Volvo, which just paid for the tolls as it went through. Uh, later on, it would have paid for its servicing and everything as part of the subscription. You didn't worry about it. At the airport, paid for a Starbucks uh, and just picked it up and, and went and it just didn't pay, we just ordered it with the app. The payment happened and then we getting an Uber the other end to the hotel same thing, it's just we ordered Uber we didn't touch money, we didn't touch a wallet, we didn't take a credit card out it all just happened Yeah. and having that uh, and it made the experiences that people enjoy which is getting somewhere uh, absolutely frictionless and non-stressful on the money side of things so it's the uh, our concept behind this is Experience drives everything with a consumer. Why? Did, why is the world made finance so difficult? And if we make it easy, we can also democratize access and ease of access. And then when you take it into uh, the world of, say, uh, say Southeast Asia, where there's about uh, four hundred million or so unbanked people, 600 million. Mm. there's a colossal number of people. If you if you bring finance out of the banks and into the uh, it's like the world of WeChat, into the world of the uh, the on is the, uh, the, the local corner store, uh, and because they've got the relationships. They don't need to be a bank or, or the services they have. Somebody like us just running from behind the scenes, but they know what the consumer needs. They put it into their cooperative farming experience, uh, for example, uh, rather than having to go to the banker. It becomes part of being part of the cooperative. It just happens. Right. So it's like our sort of real mission Behind everything. It's really democratising and making it an amazing experience. It's something you're actually trying to do uh, at that moment in time.
0: Yeah, it's it making me think. Um, I'm wondering what... I love this idea of democratising finance and, and this idea of you know, creating frictionless experiences. Um, it, it's really compelling. What I'm wondering is, what's the thing... What's the little vignette, right? The snapshot from the future that you've not yet you've not yet created, but that you'd love to create. I'll give you an example. Um, one of my clients, he's the CEO of a of a, a fiber optic company uh, and the founder. Of that. And uh, but he does it from a real sense of social impact. So his point is anyone can sell a fiber connection. But what I want to do is is transform the way that cities engage with the internet and create new opportunities and so forth. And so for him, he was always guided by this idea of wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, there was a, like a, a kid in an underprivileged family in this place in, you know, underprivileged place who was able to create uh, an amazing career in online gaming because he had access to the world's fastest fiber infrastructure and was, you know, in a, in a, in a hub which supported that and so forth. So he, he had this kind of image in his mind of this tiny little snapshot of what would be an incredible thing to create in the world as he went about building his business and what was amazing is that's happened Mm. um you know it it came about you know they one of the places he they deployed they created a gaming hub and you know this kind of stuff started to become very real so i'm just kind of wondering pushing your thinking a bit you know as you think about all those areas about creating future finance creating this infrastructure for people What's something which would really inspire you if you just say, wow, you know, here we were in 2022, but in five years' time, we are able to do this and create this for somebody? What comes to your mind when I say that?
1: Uh, I think it against how you democratise. Uh, my view is if you restructure the finance industry between, like, pools of capital and, and people there's this thing in the middle called banks and capital markets, which sort of gets in the way at cost. And uh, if I want to make impact uh, to help somebody in, uh, say, Nepal, uh, uh, there's no way in hell I can do that. The, the What's called a distributive finance, DeFi networks, which are emerging. I mean, some are complete cons, some are interesting technology and stuff. But the, the core concept behind that. Is being able to see cause and effect of one dollar in here, uh, say in Monaco, is a dollar out making impact to lending in Nepal to, to a small farmer, and then you, a you've got impact, b you get a return on it as well, which is, that's where capitalism works. But it, you can see the cause and effect, and so you you don't get hidden by this morass of old finance. And that cost of finance that imposes on it until takes sort of margin out before it gets to some of the other end. If you can bypass all that using uh, blockchain technology and the DeFi networks and all this smart contract stuff that goes on, uh, that would be an amazing place because uh, suddenly finance totally is democratized and it doesn't have to be local. Now, that's a terrifying concept for the regulators uh, and everything, but you think, how do you regulate something that is distributed uh, and global? Uh, And so that was, there's quite a lot of uh, philosophical debate of of, uh, should central banks and the currency control something or not? Uh, the, the, The Bitcoin and some of the Bitcoin people are total evangelists about nobody should own finance or anything, but if you get the happy medium where you've got the solidity of a central bank, uh, you've got a much more efficient uh, financial system, and you can see cause and effect, I think that, that takes us to a really good place. So it's not like banks are bad, it's just uh, they uh, are a different, uh, different role within the industry. And, and in parallel, if you looked at the uh, music industry, which uh, when Apple launched the iTunes uh, was on its knees uh, completely, Now, that simple innovation of, uh, I think it was the marketing of the the iPod, can you imagine you put 30,000 records in this uh, and carry them around with you? Uh, That was, oh, my God, okay, I can do that. Suddenly music became everywhere because the Walkman was a great invention, but it was a tape, and the tape always got chewed up eventually. (laughs) (laughs) And there's one album. And so that innovation of making the track digital suddenly just boomed the industry, and other things came out, like Spotify and all streaming. Uh, the fact that you don't need to own everything; it's uh, wherever, wherever you happen to be, your music's there. Is, uh, is a similar sort of concept, I think.
0: It's Richard here with just a quick interlude. If you're serious about multiplying your impact, I have a free resource that you won't want to miss i put together a short email course called Exponential Leadership Principles. In it, I set out how you can use the same strategies as some of the world's top leaders to get out of incremental progress and achieve breakthrough results. Be prepared to have your current thinking challenged and to learn some very new ways of leading. If you're interested in following along, simply sign up at xquadrant.com slash go slash exponential. Now back to the conversation. Yeah, it's when you create frictionless things, you get you start to create ubiquity, right? Adoption rises, yeah. it becomes simple. It's not a fixed system, right? it, it creates effects. Yeah, it's just really fascinating. I mean, I, I we'll move on. I think it's a really interesting subject because I can see something in there uh, for you to own because, you know, you've made things happen in the finance world and you, you are, and I can see that this is, this topic is, you know, is um, important to you. You know, perhaps there is something really about really owning that, like making finance frictionless on this huge scale. Right. I think that there's yeah. a, a really compelling.
1: It, I mean, that's part of our, product, our sort of product uh, strategy is, we need to connect the consumer all the way to the central bank. Mm. Uh, we need to connect the consumer all the way to Visa, card, Visa or MasterCard and then get rid of everything in between. Right. Uh, and uh, TransferWise have done that to a lot of extent, and, and in the UK, we're the second people after TransferWise to do that. Uh, so it's, uh, it's really looking at, everybody says it's complex and everything. I think putting somebody on the moon with the power of a BlackBerry uh that's complex <laughs> yeah. that's really I think changing stuff in finance because it's got regulation stuff that's not complex it's just thinking it through and figuring out how you can get it to work it's uh, it's, mm. it's not like uh NASA and, and the moon land the first moon landing on like on technology which is uh today just taken for granted if you see what I mean yeah so, so it's, a, it's it's just just like everything. Don't believe it's a a big uh, task that can't be done. It's like the first person looked at Everest, thought so that's quite big. <laughs> big. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, so how do you, how do you mobilise people around your vision? You know how do you inspire people? Um, you know how do you get people really pulling in the same direction? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, perhaps what have you learned the hard way on that? You know what have you found doesn't work. As yeah, it's, it's,
1: uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's hard, uh, but you have just got to uh, crystallise what you're trying to achieve, to very simple messages, uh, and and then have a, a, just a clear set of objectives. It's it's here. This is where we're going. We need to get there. It's amazing change we'll make if if we achieve that, and here's the the things we need doing, and then just leave them. To figure out, because if you have smart people, just get out of their way is the, the, the best way to do it. And they'll figure out how to do it uh, for you. They may not do it the same way as uh, as yourself, but they'll get there. There's a million roads to the same sort of end goal. Uh, so it's but by objectives and not getting, uh, taking things on yourself. I used to take things on myself because I knew I to fix it. But it's, uh, you get far better outcomes, I think, when you've got a, a team of people just in the same direction. And it's sometimes a bit like herding cats. They make sure that they're still pointed and you've got to pick one up and put it back in the, in the direction. Uh, and, and just keeping the... Uh, not changing the direction, you just got to keep and have belief in, in what you're doing. Because it's so easy to change and chop and, and do stuff that's interesting, the new sparkly thing you're seeing. Uh, and keeping the same consistency of direction unless there's a major pivot that some, sometimes happens but uh direction getting out of the way is is uh, the best yeah. thing i said I say to my team. my job here is to shake hands, smile at people uh, and uh raise money that to finance what we're doing and uh, it's up to you to go and like make that happen make it happen
0: yeah it's interesting i mean on that topic of you know of moving people forward in the direction. How do you deal with all the uncertainty in the market at the moment? I mean, I know, especially right now, when we're recording it, you know, we've had a massive crash in crypto, there's inflation going up, there's uncertainty about the geopolitical situation. Um, yeah, there's a whole load of factors that are destabilizing businesses. How do you think about that? How do you navigate a way forward um, and, and, and take people with you?
1: Surely there's, there's sort of fairly well understood playbooks for like growth bull markets, uh, unknown markets, um, and unknown markets. It's really about uh, if you're an art sort of stage of business, growth stage of businesses, is you've got to dust off the efficiency uh, handbook or playbook, uh, which is very much about give yourself a twelve to eighteen months runway of capital, uh, double double down on core product get rid of new exciting stuff that you might be doing, uh, and then focus where the revenue is and where the customer is. And it's, just, it's probably a good discipline to do that anyway, uh, once in a while. So the, the market forces you to do it as well at this time. So it's, a, it's an efficiency and, and focus play that you must be able to do and also make the decisions to, to, to any change you've got to do uh, to, to get there. So they say we're not hiring anybody, or uh, we've got to reduce cost by X, Y, and Z, so we won't do this. Uh, we've had to let some people go uh, and we'll cut back on plants being plants in the office or something. Goldman, you can tell when there's bad stuff coming uh, because the uh, fruit trolley used to disappear off the trading floor. <laughs> so the fruit disappears, you know <laughs> okay, we're well, uh, uh, the, the powers that be uh, seem to think there's a bear market coming. So it's, but there is a playbook generally for doing that. And having experience, uh, myself and my team have been through a tunnel downturn since the nineteen nineties. Um, and if you read the, you probably heard a guy called Nick Tallon, who did the, the book The Black Swan. He was a, yeah. an options trader writing insurance on events that would technically never happen, but every six years they tend to happen with his black swan again. So every six years he makes a ton of money and then he's got okay money in the, uh, the, the fallow years where it's a good year for other people, a fallow for him. But it's, uh, he's got a contrarian uh, way of looking at stuff. So it's... it's and if you, but if you don't make decisions uh, and you, uh, you try and overthink things too much and you get into so much analysis and everything, that's when you tend to go bust. And there's uh, unfortunately a lot of, at this current moment, there's uh, a ton of companies up for sale. Uh, you'll see uh, companies uh, that are starting out like of sale, but they're actually going to bust at the moment. So that's a, a, a consequence that happens, but you've got to be brave and make decisions. And yeah. sometimes decisions wrong, but don't, don't worry about it because the, no decision is worse uh, than the wrong decision. The wrong decision you can change. In generally
0: uh, on that yeah i, I think the yeah, um that efficiency focus playbook it's helpful because it's like a breathing it's like a living organism you know you have moments of expansion and moments of, of contraction seasons you got spring and, and and autumn you know pruning and i think it's um these cycles do come and i think it's helpful i mean i, I have a term which is you know scale scale back to scale up right which is yeah you have these seasons of growth where you try things, you experiment, you you get things out there and that's good. But there comes a point where, you know, you need to actually go, okay, let's consolidate, prune those branches. You know, the ones that are less fruitful, we can get rid of, bring it back down. and gives more energy for what's left. Right. Um, I've done it myself, you know, in my tiny small scale business, I, I do that as well. You know, this thing here, do I need to be doing this anymore? No. You know, do we need to be doing this possibly not? And it brings back to a healthier healthier course. I think you're right, it's, it's, a, it's an important discipline. Um, and then I think decisiveness, that's, uh, well, yeah, it's, it's. you said, no. you've got to have something in motion, right? You, if, you're, yeah. if you're not in motion, you yeah. can't, well, you're actually already deciding. That's the point. You're already making a decision by not deciding.
1: <laughs> yes. yes, there it is. It, it's, uh, there's our whole theory around decisioning. and um, My father was in the military, and so they, they're very much taught about make a decision. You've got to make decisions. And if you don't make decisions, you, you are in this sort of paralysis mode and people tend to unfortunately die in that sort of mode. You can always change the decision. That's the important thing. Yeah. But they also train you on, on good decisioning full stop. Uh, that is a, that's a real skill to learn is, uh, yeah. is decision-making.
0: Yeah, what a shame we don't learn it in school, right? I mean, these these are skills which everyone needs uh, in their own levels. That's um, that's another question for another day. Let's let's move on to our quick fire questions. Um, what's the favourite quote that you perhaps you know you live by, or that you 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 bring out a lot in your own leadership?
1: Uh, it's going make decisions. <laughs> so it's uh, it's make a decision. Don't worry about making the wrong decision. Uh, uh, you can change it and. We're not in an industry where anybody dies if you make the wrong decision. Uh, like a, a doctor, that's a hell of a pressure on them or in the military. But we're in finance, so you can do some money, but people all carry on living. So uh, make, just make a decision, change it wrong. as long. Yeah, perfect.
0: What about a favourite app? Often we have an app or something on our phone that we find particularly useful, particularly makes us particularly productive or whatever. Is there anything that you can't do without Spotify,
1: <laughs> it's Spotify, I, I, uh, I've, I've been a musician all my life, and I collect guitars, I, I make them, I play with them all, all over the world, and I uh, have a parallel, uh, sort of like, uh, all my, a ton of my friends are in there as professionals, in you know, various parts of it, so Spotify is the thing that just keeps us connected, uh, and discovering new stuff every day, it's, it's a kind yeah.
0: That's fascinating. Actually, I, uh, I, you might know, I, I run a CEO mastermind uh, group and community, and uh, we're meeting next week actually. Um, and I'm going to take a guitar with me, I think, because oh, there's so many yeah. of these people play guitars. Uh, I play guitar and, and oh. so forth. And, and uh, it's fascinating. It, it seems uh, to be a thing. Uh, CEOs and guitars. I must. I, I should do an episode on it. <laughs> if,
1: uh, one person should get up, David Solo, who was uh, I was at Swiss Bank, or he's one of the senior guys there but he's a senior guy at the age of, like, 30. Uh, and then he, he became the CEO of Global Asset Manager GAM, which is a big, huge asset manager. He's, he's a phenomenal guitar player as well. <laughs> so that's, that's one you should definitely get.
0: Yeah, excellent. Uh, what about a book that's really influenced you?
1: Uh, I think it was, uh, it was Jack Kerouac on the road. And it's like the craziness of it. And, and it's just a, a good story of interesting stuff. And uh, I've gone on the road, as you might say, on sort of trips and things and quite, quite a few times in different parts of the world. But uh, Jack Kerouac on the road, and another one, uh, with *The Old Man to the Sea* by Hemingway, and it's just the interesting thing you see Hemingway's life and, and what a, a sort of like a complete uh, alpha male type person can write something as amazing as old man to see it's an amazing novel
0: Great. Okay. what advice would you give your 20 year old self
1: uh the advice i give my 20 year old self is: yes uh if you've got the idea stand up for it more uh but have more belief in, in uh, some of your ideas just have more belief because it's the, the belief in things that really takes stuff forward yeah believe more
0: fantastic many of our guests on the best guests on the show come from referrals so i'm just wondering you know is there anybody you know who inspires you a ceo who's up to great things in the world you know who you think would be a good you know somebody you know who would be a great guest for the podcast
1: yeah there's a chap called uh, charlie dellingpole who's a ceo and founder of comply advantage uh, He's a fascinating guy and he's also uh, uh, yes he's a a super intelligent unbelievably intelligent human being and so he, he's a he's a he's quite a wonderful person uh, and another person who I want to talk to is actually on board she's not a CEO but she was the COO of Snapchat the COO of Instagram and is on the board of Lululemon Emily White an the original people in Google uh as well so it's so got a fascinating story of, of how you scale these other businesses right
0: yeah beautiful thank you for that so finally with one of my favorite questions how much no matter how much we've achieved there's always a next level to get to so where does rails bank go from here as a business what's next for rails bank and then how's that going to change how you need to lead differently and the role that you play in the business Sure.
1: If uh, our ambition is to have the uh, to be a a company the same sort of scale of AWS uh, and powering and being the infrastructure behind uh, anybody doing finance, so whether it's a sports club like Arsenal or Man United monetizing 1.1 billion fans they have, or whether it's a small startup with a laptop and lots of coffee. Uh, we want to be the place where they'll they'll sit on what's that mean for me Uh, it could be a public company and so it'd be uh, an interesting change to uh, I've run three big private companies and going to be uh, running a a public company might be quite interesting I'd have to figure out skill sets but I've just hired the chairman of MasterCard former chairman of MasterCard who took MasterCard through the flotation uh, there for 15 years a guy called case in and was CEO of loose surface Cement and, and others. Uh, so that's uh, hopefully he's a mentor uh, to me to be able to take through to what A is like to run a public company because he has, and take a company to flotation.
0: Fascinating. Brilliant. Finally, if people want to find out more about you or about Rails Bank, how do they do that? Sure, I'm the only Nigel Verden
1: on LinkedIn, so please reach out. I do uh, look at everybody who does reach out the ones that get rejected unfortunately are recruitment uh, consultants uh, and uh, and software companies there's billions of software companies trying to do apps for you mm-hmm. but uh yeah i look at everybody coming in so it's a 99 percent chance i'll say yes beautiful
0: Hey, Nigel, it's been really fascinating, you know, it's been great to find out that, you know, this company, frankly, I didn't know about, you know, until we first started getting in touch, and you've got, you know, you're going to be the next AWS, so I'm pretty glad that uh, I've discovered it, I think it's fascinating, you know, your vision for um, for creating frictionless finance, for you're know, reducing the overall cost of the system, for allowing people to have experiences and do that without having to worry about uh, the, the transactional component of that, I think is, it's really inspiring. And I think, you know, you've given some really great, uh, points around, uh, around, you know, dealing with uncertainty a little bit about scaling back to scale up, uh, to make sure we're being decisive, uh, and so many other things. So just thank you for the time you've, you've spent, uh, to, to share all that with us.
1: No, thank you for the invitation. It's very kind to, to reach out and, uh, and ask, uh, to, to join the, the podcast.
0: Well, we'll look forward to following um, the news of Rails Bank as it continues to grow. So thanks, Nigel, and speak soon. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at
1: xquadrant.com.